In this month's lesson, Dr. Purvis will continue his series on the lessons that can be learned from biblical leaders with the study of John the Baptist. Examine the qualities of this man of God and how you can apply these principles to your life. Let's join Dr. Purvis now. All right, I want to welcome you this month to Bill Purvis Leadership, and I want to tell you that I am so glad that we have this opportunity every single month to try to develop our leadership skills and to grow together. And uh, i got some stuff that I know is exciting. I, I'm looking forward to it. In fact, I loved it just preparing it, and uh, I believe you'll love it as well. So we're talking about some Bible characters, uh, leadership lessons from, and I've gone through some of those in the past, Jesus and David and uh, some things about Noah. I want to pick up some new ones now, some other things that I think will help you wherever you are and in whatever situation you're in. So today, let's get started right off the bat. I, I want to talk to you today about leadership lessons from John the Baptist. Now, he's one of the most colorful characters uh, in history, and he's called John the Baptist. Uh, he was the first cousin of Jesus. Uh, their mothers, by the way, were sisters. He's born about six months before Jesus was, and he's recognized by Christians and Muslims and historians and uh, a lot of other faiths. But he was called Baptist, not because he had anything to do with a denomination. In fact, there was no Baptist denomination back in those days. He was called Baptist because he came along with a new method of demonstrating that a person was going to make a life change. So he would baptize people. Uh, he had a message to the people of his day that they needed to change their ways, and uh, they needed to uh, do what he called repent. The word repent means to change your mind, change your thinking, change your direction. And so John would say to them, to demonstrate that you're going to change, then you need to do something outwardly as a public sign before other people so that they can start watching your life and seeing if you're going to live up to that change. So he would tell them, be baptized. Now, baptized meant immersed. John would say, go down to the waters of the Jordan River and let me fully immerse you. That is, you need to get wet all over, submit to this open act, to serve notice to the world and everybody else that you're going to start a life change. So that's a little bit about who he was and what he did. Uh, people were tired of, uh, uh, who, who were tired of the way of living or accepted his message. They'd line up for it. They'd say, okay, we need to change our heart, change our life. They'd do it. In fact, even Jesus, to validate that John was of God, submitted to this act of obedience and a public display that he was coming out before the world as God's model and God's message. So when you look at John's life, you're going to see a lot of tremendous leadership uh, traits. I'm afraid that what we've done in times past is we've overlooked the life of John when it comes to leadership. And when I began to look at this, I saw a lot of things I thought were exciting that we ought to know and be reminded of. So in this lesson, we're going to kind of examine that. Um, John was like a Vince Lombardi-style leader. Uh, he was that in-your-face guy, you know, the black and white, no gray style. Uh, he was hard-driving, real bold, kind of a Jack Welch type. Uh, that doesn't go over real well in a lot of places, but I want to be honest with you. There's some times when a leader like John the Baptist is necessary if you're one of those kind of people that you you have that uh, pers persona, my suggestion is let's just learn how to develop that, okay? Uh, Al Dunlap was this kind of leader. And he took over years ago at, um, at Scott Paper Towel Company. He was the CEO there. He did a great job in that role for many years. Uh, many people that know of Al Dunlap, you know, there, there's a lot of people that talk about uh, the mistakes he made. And, yeah, he, he's got his critics, and he's been in some pretty heated battles. But his personality worked real well for that role at that time. And that may be where you are in your life. Uh, they used to call Al Dunlap Chainsaw Al. He would go in and, uh, and he'd just start asking hard questions. He held people accountable. Uh, that, that's the thing I liked about it. I read his book years ago and 
And uh, he, he went into a company and he wanted to know what's the main business and let's eliminate unproductive people and all the waste. And uh, when he went into Scott Paper Towel Company, they have all kinds of stories about uh, about his leadership. One of them that I liked was this. The first day that he walked on the property, he stepped into the lobby and he found a receptionist. She was sitting there filing her fingernails and chewing gum and just letting the phone ring. And and, and Dunlap uh, told her that he was going to the fifth floor. He had a little sign that said, please check in with her. So he said, I'm going to the fifth floor. That's where the offices were. And uh, she ignored him for a moment. Then she acted irritated that he bothered her. Then she turned to him and said, you can't go up there, sir. They're having a big meeting today. The new CEO is coming in. And he stopped and told her, he said, lady, I, I am the new CEO. She smiled and sat back and said, oh, you're Chainsaw Al. We've been hearing a lot about you lately. She said, they say when you come on board that you start firing people right away. And they're all up there right now in that room, and they're betting on which person will be the first to be fired today. They say that Al Dunlap leaned over across the desk, looked her in the eye, and he said, did anybody bet on you? And then he fired her. Uh, he literally said, as I walk in the door, I'm going to take charge. That was John the Baptist. Al Dunlap's style was a lot like John the Baptist. No playing games, no politics, no dancing around the elephants in the room. Just address the problems head on and, and move directly. Now, I want to remind you of some things about John the Baptist's leadership that I like and some things that I think I can use in my life. And I believe you can do the same for yours. Okay, so let me give you a couple of them. Number one is this. Uh, he had passion. When you first meet John, he breaks on the scene with a, med with a real message of urgency. You know, he said, repent and flee from the wrath to come. I like that. He was warning people like there was a fire outside or like there's a flood on the horizon. You don't get from John that his message was kind of a take it or leave it style. You know, he believed that it was a life-changing call. I believe one of the missing elements in leading today is the lack of passion. You know, I've always said this. Uh, if we don't feel it, we can't get others to feel it. When you have it and your your people don't have it, let me encourage you something. Don't settle for their level when it comes to the gusto issue. You know, don't fade away or complain or say, well, they just don't get it. My word to you is stay hot yourself. And if you have to, make them miserable with your fire. You know, don't slow up because those around you are apathetic. Uh, don't let them cool your flames. Now, I've always said I want everybody to be hot for the cause. But if they don't want to be, I'm going to refuse to let them make me miserable. We don't have to be miserable. But if one of us has got to be miserable, then I'd rather it be them than me. So I choose to be hot. And I'm not going to give them the privilege of being able to slow me down. And my suggestion is that John did the same thing. John the Baptist had a passion. And so that was the first thing I noticed about him. Second thing I noticed was he had, he had a serious mission. John knew what he wanted to see. Uh, he wanted to see people's lives change. He wanted to see them change the way they were living. And he didn't have a suggestion. Uh, he didn't have a method or a new idea that might enhance their life. Uh, he had a mission. Uh, a mission is quite different from just a, another thought or idea out there. It's a cause. It's a life purpose for those who are going nowhere. I see in today's leadership, it's kind of that lack of a mission. You know, we got, we got all these leaders now in place that after they get there, they start coasting. You know, I've always said this, you can only coast going downhill. We've got people today in leadership roles that they've actually already retired. They just didn't tell anybody. They're not doing anything anymore. They, they just relax all the time. And, um, and they're not shaking anything up. And uh, they just, they're basically just doing nothing. And, and that apathy is going through the entire organization. People in the military will tell you this, um, when they're in a hot spot or a danger zone, 
They dare not forget the mission. And they say it's inviting danger in your life when you're going through the motions without your hands on the task and your mind and heart in the game. And I believe the same is true whatever organization you're in. Keep the mission in front of you. John uh, had passion, but John kept the mission in front of you. Uh, let me show you the third thing that I see about him. That's He stood alone. Now, the Bible reveals to us that John was not going to be a crowd pleaser, a fellowship guy. John was a leader. He was out front. Uh, he was often alone because he was so hard charging. You know, he, he, he was the kind of guy that was intense heat coming off this guy. And if you're going to be around him, you're going to catch it. Uh, he didn't back up. He didn't sell out. He didn't complain. He stood alone. In fact, one time he was put into prison about seven months after the uh, baptism of Jesus. And he's going to get his head cut off. One of the one of the tests I think every leader is going to go through is that test of aloneness. And my question to you is, can you handle it when you're going to be at odds with the public or at odds with the majority? St he stood alone. Uh, number four, he spoke his mind. Now, when I look at John, and you know this about him by his leadership style, uh, he didn't remain silent when he needed to speak up. He didn't do his talking to people in hallways and hideouts. He didn't gather around with other groups and let other people form his thoughts. Uh, he didn't get around and find out what everybody's opinion was. Uh, John's that kind of guy. He just called in as he saw it, and he spoke up. He told the Pharisees one time, they were coming down to get baptized. He said, don't, don't try to snow people with your pretense. Go show by the fruit of your life that you're serious before I'll baptize you. That was what John did. John rebuked him in front of everybody else because he spoke his mind. You remember what got him in trouble, what put him into prison and... Uh, and uh, got him beheaded, was that the king that day, who was a madman, he's a nut, his name is King Herod, John told the king to his own face that he was living in sin, that he was uh, that he was messing around with Herodias, who was John's own brother, Philip's wife. And and so he just, he said that to the king. You don't say that unless you got some guts, you know. But here's John, he does it. Now he gets him put in prison, gets him beheaded. But one thing you don't find, he never backed up. You know, he, he never shut up. He never recanted. He stood his ground all the way to the end. And uh, and, and I got to tell you, it scared Herod. When you read the account of it, Herod was scared of John because John was such a bold man. Now, I'll give you something else about him, though. Number five is this. He exhibited genuine humility. Here's what's interesting. It's not often in a personality like John the Baptist, that type A person, that you will think of humility as being a part of their personality, but it does happen. Um, John humbled himself to Jesus. He said to him when he came along, he must increase and I must decrease. What I like about John was he submitted himself to that CEO, uh, you might say. He, sometimes people who are strong personalities and take charge folks, they don't know when to gear it down or throttle it back. Uh, John's going to show you by looking at his life that it can be and it should be done. It was like John was saying, look, it's not about me. He was about playing his role and doing his assignment. And uh, that was a quality that in his life he wanted to achieve. But when it, came to, uh, when it came to usurping his authority or his power, he never crossed that boundary. In fact, John said of, uh, Jesus said of, of John one time, of all the people that ever lived, John was that standout player. He said he was an example to emulate. He, the, the, the humility of his life was still there, even though he's that take charge, bold, in-your-face guy. Uh, number six is this. Uh, John showed humanity. Not only did he have humility, but he showed humanity. Now, here's what's neat about him. 
There's a time in his life that he's put in the prison for being bold to Herod, and uh, they were about to behead him. And he sent his friends over to Jesus for reassurance. He wanted to know, are you really the one that God said you were, and or should we keep looking for another? He was checking his faith. He's making sure that he was dying for the right cause. I like that. See, it's not wrong to go back in your life and examine some decisions you've made in the past. I think good leaders do it all the time. Sometimes in the moments of reflections, um, I go back and I'll look on a call that I made, and, and I ask myself, now given all the information that I had at that time, did I make the right call? And in most cases, I can say yes and put it to rest. So here you've got John the Baptist, strong, determined, bold, decisive, yet humble and human. What a leader. I mean, when I look at this guy, I say, man, I'd love to be that kind of guy. I mean, the kind of guy that really comes in and, and, and really sets the pace and sets the bar and encourages the people and yet lives in such a human and humble way that, that uh, the one who brought me here gets the credit. What a leader. I, I want to challenge you today uh, to admire and emulate those kind of qualities. I want to ask you today to let those kind of qualities be a uh, part of your leadership DNA. Learn to value those things and, uh, and cherish those principles so that you can make a real mark with your life. So when we look at the leadership lessons of these guys out of the Bible, the thing that I'm most encouraged about is they've already done it. They've shown us by the test of time that it lasts, and they've gave the principles to us. And sometimes we're looking for the newest book out there, and we're looking for that new fad or that new method or the new guru out there that's got that truth. And, and I'm trying to get us back to some basics and some people that have withstood uh, the test of time. They're in history. And I want us to look back at those folks and say, man, I want to be like those kind of folks because I want to tell you, they, they were rooted in some principles of leadership that if you and I will take and emulate and follow and value, I believe we can make the difference in life. And so because, because of that, we're going to be studying that for a little while. So that's my, my hope for you today. That's, that's my goal for you today, that you'd look at his life and you'd begin to pick up some of those same qualities, the humanity the humility, speaking your mind, standing alone, having a mission, and having a passion for your life. If you'll do those things, I promise you, you can make a difference. You'll make a difference in your life, in your organization, and in the lives of others. I'm going to take a moment and pray for you before we close today, okay? And I seriously intend to pray that God will bless your life here. Father, I thank you for the listeners of today's Bill Purvis Leadership. And uh, I pray today, Lord, that you'll give them wisdom to pursue the calling of their lives all out with the same focus that uh, John the Baptist had. God, I pray for those listeners today that you'll help uh, them and myself to always keep our eyes on you. We want to make a difference with our life, God. And so we want to stop letting the pressures of the peers or the false security of the economy or any of those other things hold us back from going all out for you. Call our hearts to the unrest of being apathetic and to something much, much bigger than ourselves. Make of many of those who listen today uh, the characters who stand strong and are emulating the principles of a John the Baptist and other great leaders. Use their life for great causes, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us for this lesson. We hope that you will take on the challenge of emulating the leadership qualities of John the Baptist. Have you been living a passionate, focused life? This month, we would like to offer you the series, How to Raise Your Spiritual Game, a $40 value for only $24.95. This offer ends soon, so call today. 